Okay, uh, so uh, really briefly, we uh, recorded a lot about Star Wars, and we originally intended to do two episodes. One is one was supposed to be all about the original trilogy. The other was supposed to be about the prequel trilogy. But we got to talking, and it's I mean it it went off the rails. So I'm not entirely sure how I'm going to edit this. But uh, what you're listening to is part one of a two part episode that uh, is on the feed. So thank you for listening, and hope you enjoy it. This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Twitter. And I am Mike White. You can find me at I am Mike White on Twitter. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Welcome to The Obsessive Euro. We're a weekly movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show, each episode. You can find back episodes at ovpodcast.com, find the blog at obsessiveviewer.com, and subscribe to the subreddit at r slash obsessiveviewer. And longtime listeners will recognize the voice at the beginning of this episode, and also any... Uh, yeah, Mike! <laughs> hey! Yeah. Hi. How's it Should going? We? We're home. <laughs> nice, right? right? Of with the, the movie, with the new movie, yeah. And then tiny, oh, good, yeah, <laughs> so good. Um, and then yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, we're here to talk about Star Wars, right? That guys, yeah, Star Wars, yes, Super. absolutely. Super Let's. Exciting. We should probably preface this, of course, with if you are a longtime listener, you know that we've done this before, right? We've had this conversation, yes. uh, or at least Matt and I have had a brief <laughs> conversation uh, on which in which we we discuss the merits of Star Wars. And yes. So just to set it up, so you guys know where we're coming from, Matt is anti Star Wars. Well, well, <laughs> we'll get I'm into kidding. that in a bit, but. Okay. Um, Okay, but but for listeners, uh, we we are reviewing Star Wars in the lead up to The Force Awakens, which comes out as of this recording next Friday. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so previously on this podcast, we've talked about Star Wars before in different aspects, and particularly in OV sixty four, we had a B roll episode where in it's at the forty one minute mark, me and Mike discussed Star Wars and my kind of. N- not anti-ness of it, but my my kind of lack of affinity for it. Um, your aversion to it. My aversion, aversion. to it. Yeah. You're kind of, I would say, you're unimpressed. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And I'll I'll get into that in a bit. Um, yeah. Um, and then also we've we've ta- we do uh, about a, about once a year we do a Volt movie episode where we basically take movies that are close to us and we put them into a proverbial vault. Um, and we just basically use that as an excuse to talk about them and, uh, in a specific episode. And we entered, um, Star Wars episode four, A New Hope, um, into the vault at, uh, OV 117, um, which was into the vault three. So yeah. Who, was that, was that me or tiny? That was you. you that was, you. I was Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So basically what we're going to be doing and we're planning on recording two episodes back to back tonight. Um, which you guys hopefully know. sound a little weary by the end. Yeah, it's because we're talking about movies that are absolutely freaking horrible. Um, <laughs> but right now we're talking about the original trilogy, and and we're um, you know, so I don't know exactly how we want to start here, but um, 
I have kind of in the notes our history with Star, Star Wars. Like, so I figure yeah. that I, I think that's essential to any Star Wars conversation. Yeah. What, and for me, yeah. what I love so much about kind of talking to, with other people about Star Wars is kind of figuring out what how they got into Star Wars, what Star Wars means to them, um, and that sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so I have many thoughts about my position towards Star Wars, but I'll go ahead and yield the floor to you guys to discuss it. Uh, Tiny and Mike, why don't you tell me wh- how you feel about Star Wars, wh- how you got into Star Wars, and, and what it means to you as a human being on this planet. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Tiny, you want to go ahead? Sure. Um, I think I've ter- told this anecdote on the podcast before, but it was a long time ago uh, in a galaxy far, far away. Um, <laughs> I first came to Star Wars... Uh, when I was a young boy, um, I, I vividly remember being in a toy store. I don't remember which one, and I don't, I, I can't tell you too many details, but I remember being in a toy store with my mom, and I walk by a action figure of Jabba the Hutt, and I just kind of stopped and looked at it, and I just kind of grabbed my mom, and I was like, what? Mom, what is what is that? What is that thing? And she's like, "Oh, it's a, it's like an alien, like a creature from from uh, this movie. There's actually three movies." I was like, "What what are those movies?" She was like, "They're called Star Wars." I was like, "Can we go watch those like right now? Because I need to see what the hell this thing is. It's weird." That's what um, she said to your mom. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't actually. Not those words exactly, but I was like, I want to see this. This is weird and freaky. I, w- I want to believe that you as a little kid said to your mom, I need to go see these damn movies. I need to g- <laughs> see what the hell this is all about, mom. <laughs> I wish. I was not that ballsy. Um, but I was probably six or seven, and I, I had no idea what Star Wars was. Didn't know anything about it, nothing at all. And then I saw that action figure, and that planted the seed that I wanted to see Star Wars. Um, and, of course, I watched the first two movies, and I was like, oh, where is this slug alien-looking thing at? I haven't even seen it yet. Because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't show up till the... Oh, till so the this must have been pre-1997. Uh, yes, it was. Absolutely. Yeah. I am a purist in that sense. Um, so, yeah, I think we... Uh, the, I got the, star, the first Star Wars movie on VHS for Christmas that year and uh, watched it. And I was like, okay, can I see the other two? So that's kind of how I came to Star Wars. My my dad is a big sci-fi fan, and he likes sci-fi movies and books. And he he likes Star Wars, but he wasn't. He's not one of the huge, massive fans like like uh, like some of the Star Wars fans are. So um, I didn't I didn't come to it through my through my dad, which is kind of surprising. Um, so yeah, that's that's how I found Star Wars, and from there I just. You know, it's just like I couldn't not love it. Um, I, I love the the lightsaber fights and all the weird, goofy looking aliens. Um, that all meant a lot to me as a as a young boy. And then, as you get older, you get attached to these characters and you you explore the story. And you know, the universe really started expanding in the '90s, and you had all this expanded universe and all this old Republic stuff. And it's there's just so much to dive into. Um, and I I, I haven't gone too far into the expanded universe but i just you just come back to this trilogy at different points in your life and you just feel differently about it each time but uh for me each time i've grown to love it even more that's awesome nice yeah, yeah. so mike when were you indoctrinated into uh Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> is it gonna be this the whole time matt no probably not probably not probably <laughs> That was more in jest than anything. <laughs> what is your history with Star Wars, and what does it mean to you as a human being on this planet? 
Um, well, Tiny, it's cool that your your parents were into some cool stuff because my, um, you know, my parents showed me some cool stuff, and they I kind of talk with my mom about a lot of cool stuff now. But they Star Wars was definitely not something that they were into. In fact, sci fi and uh, you know, I'd say even movies was not a big deal to either of my parents. So um, it wasn't until like the mid '90s, before before '97, when the re-releases came out. Uh, I had this friend, and I'm going to give him a shout out. I don't think he listens to the podcast, but uh, his name's Fred Eichorst, and he uh, and another guy, Josh Haran, were kind of my first friends when I moved to the suburbs of Chicago in Aurora and they were both kind of um well they I mean they were the biggest Star Wars fans I, I ever knew and probably still to this day I've I've ever known. And they were also the first. And so um just getting to know those guys, they were kind of the first um real the first real geeks I ever knew about something, you know, really super passionate about this thing. And I was like, okay, well, well, what is it? I have to know. And so I would go to their houses and, uh, and I think one time star Wars was on and I kind of sort of watched it mostly, but, um, I was at home one day and, um, I asked my mom kind of similar to you, tiny. I said, mom, I, I need to see star Wars. Can we rent it? And we just went out and we got it. And I watched the first one and the next weekend we watched the next two. And, um, from then I was hooked from then on, I was hooked. And then, um, 1997 came around a couple years later. Um, and, uh, you know, I found out about the re-releases and like Taco Bell had this promotion and <laughs> Nintendo 64 game shadows of the empire came out. Um, they released, a new toy line, I think at the the end of 1996. And so I just kind of got swept up in all of the stuff that, that sweeps up a 10, 11, 12 year old. Um, and so I, I, I fully bought in. I went and saw the, um, Star Wars when it came out in 97, when it was re-released. Um, we saw Empire, we saw Jedi. I was super excited about all of it. Um, super excited, super geared up for, the Phantom Menace. It was one of the last movies I saw before we moved to Indiana, so that's it's kind of special in that way. Um, I will admit to not being as excited for Attack of the Clones uh, because it came out the same summer as as Spider Man, and 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 Spider Man's always kind of been a first love for me. Um, but when when Episode Three rolled around, I my fandom kicked back in full swing hardcore mm-hmm. um you know i was 17 18 years old at the time so i had money to spend on lightsabers i now have a collection of lightsabers that's um in the double digits uh <laughs> you know i started collecting as many action figures as i could find that's when i got into the comics i got into the novels all the video games um and so it just came you know i went from being i'd say a geek about it to being some some kind of super fan <laughs> Uh, of Star Wars, and I, I've been pretty obsessed with it ever since. I've um, I've gone back. I've collected, you know, as many copies of the VHS as I can find. I've got all the DVDs, all the Blu-rays. All, I just I just love it. Um, and you know, not to kind of steal a lot of what you've said, Tiny, but what I love so much is is going back later on and seeing it again and appreciating it mm-hmm. um, in a new way. And uh, finally. I think the the time that meant the most you guys were actually a part of was when we watched uh, the original trilogy in a theater for my bachelor party, which I think we've yes. talked about this on the podcast before, but that was, yeah. um, I mean, just, just unforgettable. Really, really oh, yeah. cool time. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that was, a, that was an amazing time. That was, 
Yeah. Yeah. That. I mean. Yeah. That was. That was fantastic. Um. <clears throat> hang on. Maddie. All right. So, <laughs> my history with Star Wars is a little. It's a little. In, I don't know. I don't know if anyone will find it interesting. But basically, when I was a kid, um, uh, like I, we moved around. I lived in. I lived. Well, I was born in Indianapolis. Then we moved to Florida. Then we moved to Ohio. Then we moved back to Indianapolis. But I remember specifically when we lived. Actually, it might have been when we lived here in Indianapolis at first. I don't. I don't remember. But anyway, uh, at some point in my life, in my early early childhood, one of my first memories of Star Wars in my life is. My mom would buy a bunch of action figures uh as you know to keep them in and you know for when if they were uh if they were going to be valuable cuz no one like my parents weren't into Star Wars my parents weren't into movies like uh like I would one day be um but they were into action figures Oh no they were into action figures for the sole purpose of maybe selling them at some point in the future when they were worth Still, money Still that <laughs> makes your parents way cooler than mine That's I mean man yeah, well, we don't. I don't know where any of these any of these uh, action figures went or anything. Like I yeah, have that's, a memory. That's a tragedy. Yeah. yeah. Like I have, like one of my first introductions to Star Wars before I ever saw the movies or anything like that was this little, uh, this little like uh, um, cassette that basically was it was a book that you would that you would read along with uh, uh, with a like a radio drama on a cassette tape. And it was basically it was basically the first movie from the solely from the perspective of R2D2 and C3PO. <laughs> oh nice. Yeah, and I don't know if uh uh Anthony Daniels is he who did who does voice of C3PO? Anthony, yeah. Anthony yeah, Daniels. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was him doing the voice, but I know that they, it was basically you know, it was it was C3PO and R2D2. Nice. It was basically them telling the story of A New Hope with this companion like little like flimsy little uh paperback book that you would go through and like I just looked at the pictures cuz I couldn't read it at that point in my life. Um wow. but rest assured I did learn how to read. Um <laughs> so so I remember that and then I remember the uh when when the special editions came out in uh when was that the 90s uh, mm-hmm. 97 and I I remember that and I don't remember that in terms of seeing them. I remember that in terms of the marketing and uh, like Mike, you mentioned the was it a Taco Bell? Um, uh, uh, yeah, whatever. Um, like Just I remember promotion. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing commercials for it and thinking, oh yeah, that looks kind of cool and everything. Um, still didn't really see it. I, I think, I think maybe a year or two before that, or maybe around that time, my neighbor and I've said I've talked about this on the podcast before, specifically in I think it was either OV sixty four or OV one seventeen. But my neighbor would my neighbor would babysit us, and he was a huge huge Star Wars fan. Like he had a room dedicated to Star Wars everything, um, and he like he was just a massive Star Wars fan. And so he had at that time he had a laser disc, and we watched. Uh, was it the laser disc that had the episode four? That was the first. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we watched wow. that. Yeah. That's awesome. I don't even have the laser disc. Yeah, and I don't know if I actually I don't know if we actually finished it because I think as soon as it started I was like why is it the fourth one and why do I <laughs> I don't know what the rest of them are and that was like the only time in my life where I thought I want to see the first 3. Um <laughs> so so anyway, so I I don't like I remember that and I remember just not being able to get into it. Um and and that's That's, that's how old were you? I was probably I don't know, probably seven, maybe, or maybe a little really? bit younger. I, yeah. 
I mean, I did not care about the fact that it was part. I don't even think I noticed that it was part four. I, yeah, I don't know. I may, maybe I was a little older, maybe eight or nine. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. And and that's a shame because it's because the foundation. This is dipping into the actual movie, but we'll we'll get to that in a second. But it's it's a very it's a serial, and and that's that's part of its appeal to me now. Part of its charm is that you jump in and it's it's a serial basically. It's a serial drama or fantasy. Um, but I just couldn't connect to it as, as a kid. So then, um, post, post re-release, post everything, I was at, I, I was at King's Island with like a, a group or something. Um, I don't know if I was with, like, one of my friends, Steven, uh, he was like my, uh, BFF when I was in elementary school. We lost touch after elementary school though, but he basically told me, so then this would have been right before junior high, actually. This is like right at the dissolution of our friendship. Um, so he basically told me while we were at King's Island, he was saying, he basically told me from beginning to end The Phantom Menace because uh, hmm. he was very excited about it. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, this sounds amazing because he told me about how the how the apprentice and, and, and his master were battling one guy and it was this big epic sword fight and then... Uh, you know, spoiler. By the way, we're gonna be spoiling all of Star Wars in the in these episodes, so fair warning. Um, and then he told me that like, uh, Qui Gon dies, and then and then it's up to Obi Wan to take down Darth Maul. And I was like, this sounds just absolutely incredible. No wonder you're um, not friends with him anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, so I eventually watched that. I I. I was just okay with it. I, I I think I was really attached to that that the duel of the fates, the final lightsaber battle. Yeah, and uh, like it got to the point where I actually read like I read some like in my boredom as a kid and like junior high, I read like l- like a little bit of fan fiction. Like there was one that stuck out to me that was um uh Obi from Obi Wan's perspective during that battle and like him saying like him being haunted like immediately after Qui Gon dies, like saying like I didn't I didn't try my best. I should have done. I should have moved. And I was like. That's so cool. Like I didn't get that from the movie and that's hmm. part of going to be my rant later on. But um so anyway, so then eventually I bought the DVDs cuz I was cultivating a huge DVD collection. Watched them and just I don't know. I just I just never got into it. And um I saw Revenge of the Sith in the theater and I liked that, but I also felt like it was more me wanting to like it than anything else. Um and then uh yeah and then and then I bought the Blu-rays with the express purpose of reviewing them and and watching every special feature throughout the course of the year but I never got around to doing that but I have watched them several times over the course of the year and I think that they're enjoyable movies but um and I can get into my thesis about it before we get into the actual discussion and this is going to sound harsh cuz you know I uh I have notes um <laughs> So, okay, so then that's my history with Star Wars, and then here's my thesis statement for my position on Star Wars as a franchise, and so so basically, throughout, I've, I've struggled what seems like my entire life so far, trying to understand what it is about Star Wars that makes it one of the most celebrated, if not most celebrated, film franchises of all time. No, uh, you're struggling your whole life with trying to figure out why you don't like it. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Because everyone else does, and and that's I'll get to that in a moment. Um, okay. <laughs> and as much as I would love to be swept up in the fervor of Star Wars fandom, and as much as I would love 
I would I would love to have as much passion for this or really any franchise. Um, I just can't do it. It's maybe it's not for me, but I've 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 really tried to get into it over the years, and uh, <laughs> and I don't know how how honest I am with this, or I don't know how. I don't know how truth how much of this is me just trying to troll you guys and I don't know how much of this is just honest opinion but to borrow something that Mike said about 2001 a space odyssey and in OV48 our gap movies part 2 episode uh Star Wars is a bad franchise and you guys are wrong for liking it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and so okay and and yeah that's harsh and I mean that's I don't know and maybe it's not my full opinion of it but it's like I, I struggled with going through and trying to figure out why why I couldn't connect to this franchise the way that everyone else can and and why I can't really reconcile the bad parts of it with, with the great parts of it. I fully, fully admit, I fully appreciate that the first Star Wars movie from 1977 is one of the most tightly written scripts and most tightly paced movies i've ever seen in my entire life i will stand by that for for the rest of my life like rewatching it that's the that's one i watched recently i just noticed that it's it's just so spectacular the way that the group that is the for is the core of this of this original trilogy they come together and they, and they each get their own moments and their own like it's it's not like a they just don't stumble across each other and then and then that's the band is together and then they're they're all fighting the the empire. It's it's a gradual progression and it's so it's it makes it so that you the time just flies by and it's it's spectacular. It's absolutely spectacular. But if you if you look at Star Wars as a franchise, if you look at it in with an objective viewpoint of it, they're just like the the acting and and the dialogue and uh those types of things aren't that up to snuff and that part of that is because George Lucas is not a is not a, an an actor's director he doesn't get performances out of his out of his performers and that is to the detriment of the four movies that he directed of this franchise and i mean okay so i i'm, well, I'm one of which is one you just praised exactly and i'm not praising it because I th- I I I didn't believe that Luke was uh wanting to go to um uh what what is the line um Tashi station, Tashi station for, to converters. get power converters. Yeah. He's 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 a whiny he's a whiny kid in the movie and it's it's I don't know. Uh, yeah. And I praise that movie for the pacing and and for the storytelling really. And I I don't know. And and like the visual effects are amazing. The the models that they used are are spectacular and they hold up very well. But I I just feel like there was so much of that first movie is is not necessarily borrowed but it's it's like like I said it's a serial so it's based on it's based on like uh um I th- it's based on other things I I don't I'm all over the place but it's in I'm getting just I don't know it, it's I feel like the the franchise as a whole I uh, hang on Well the deck is stacked against you so it's it is. It's I'm understandable that you're kind of trying to struggle to put it together. It is, and I didn't write my notes as as clearly as I should have. But um, okay, let me let me think of where. Okay, so okay, so the original trilogy establishes a deep mythology, and it's like a strong and grimy universe and and everything. But I feel like there isn't much of exploration of it. 
um, in the movies themselves. It's more like the original trilogy takes place during a civil war and the original movie, the first movie is focused on the rebellion. But I feel like in the other movies, that's not, it's, it's not that it's not a focal point, but it's the, it's the relationship between Luke and Vader is, is what kind of just takes over from there. And I, I wanted to see more of the rebellion and, and, and there is, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like the, the, I'm stumbling all over here. I'm so sorry, guys. Um, it's okay. Yeah, I'm getting nervous because I'm. 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 Anyway, um, are you? Are you seeing the holes in your argument? No, no, no. I'm not seeing the holes in my argument. I'm trying to make sure that I express them. Uh, express my my viewpoint as clearly as I can because I know you guys are just gonna just just demolish it. <laughs> but okay, so so if you look at if you look at the Star Wars franchise, the Star Wars universe itself, everything that's like canon now. There's six movies. L- let's just look at the six movies. Mm-hmm. And the original Star Wars is is immaculate, is is amazing. Um, the Empire I like, and I, I, it's not that it's not amazing to me. It's it's really, really, really good, but I feel like it doesn't have that pace that Star Wars had, and it's not it, like some of the stuff kind of drags a little bit. And then Return of the Jedi I can kind of take or leave, and then... From there, the the prequel trilogy is just a complete mess, and we'll talk about those in a, in a in a while. But it just feels like you have a franchise that, like, if you ask any Star Wars fan, what's your, what is your guys' favorite Star Wars movie out of all six? Uh, it, for me, it changes all the time. Right now, it's Empire. It's Empire. I mean, that's mine too. Okay, nine out of ten people will say Empire or A New Hope. They won't yeah. say Return of the Jedi, except for mm-hmm. Tyler from our friends at um, the Nerds You're Looking For podcast, actually. So, I, like, I listened to that today, and I was like, that just just kind of destroys my argument. But mm-hmm. um, well, I, I used to say for a long time that mine was Jedi, and Fred Icorus, that friend mm-hmm. uh, of mine, the one we used to watch most often was Jedi because it was his favorite. Okay. Well. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe I'm an a-hole, but um, (laughs) it just seems like it seems like there's six movies in this franchise that is revered by everyone. Yet there's for the vast majority of those fans, two of them are the standouts. And then you have a kind of sloppy third one, not not necessarily sloppy, but kind of there are issues with the third one that you can't really avoid. Yeah. And then. You have three prequels that are almost universally reviled that were the product of the man who created the franchise and the universe himself. And it just makes me question, like, why, why is this, other than, other than capturing the imaginations of people at a young age, why is this franchise so revered and not viewed as objectively as I'm making a point to view it? Um, in the analogy that I had, and you guys are going to hate me for this, <laughs> but I feel like my posi- my viewpoint of it is it's like saying that Breaking Bad is the greatest show of all time if Breaking Bad only had seasons three and four and was the, the rest of the series was Twilight and Teletubbies. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well... Yeah, that's that's well, pretty unnecessarily harsh. I, I wouldn't saying, say any of the prequel <laughs> movies are Teletubbies or Twilight. Okay, we will get into a discussion about that because well, I will say, I'll I'll say to to your major point is you know why is it such a revered franchise? That's kind of your major thesis. Yeah. Um, you're thinking of it as a six movie franchise so far, 
whereas 90% of the reverence that you mentioned that people have for it was based on the first three movies. Sure. Because, you know, that's, that's how most people came to it for a long time. That's all anyone had, um, with the exception of some extent, uh, expanded universe stuff. Um, but you know, until the prequels came out, everyone, so many people loved Star Wars based on the first three movies. So yeah, mm-hmm. out of six, four of them are kind of, uh, if not just suck. And there's two of them that are good, really good. So yeah, out of six. But if you look at it from the original trilogy, where like I said, most of the enthusiasm was built, two out of them are re- two of the out of the three are really good, and the third one's just kind of uh, you can kind of forgive the third one a little bit. And I can totally. So. I like, I like, okay, I'm a fan of the Alien franchise, and Alien and Aliens are like the only two really good ones of those fr- of that franchise. Yeah. So yeah. like, you know, I don't know, Mike. What do you think? Um. Yeah. Kind. I, I think Tiny said it well, but I think even more than that, um, is y- you. I think because you kind of came in late to it, for you it kind of all happened quickly. Right. And and for Tiny and me and, and a lot of us, especially those of us who were old enough to see the movies in 77 and in 80 and 83, mm-hmm. um, they they lived a long time with these just three movies and they were able to build up around that. You know, my my first action figure was not a Jar Jar action figure. It was a Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a, a Luke. And so. The the prequel trilogies, while I agree, we're I, I think we're all going to trash them quite a bit. I, I think there are things to like. I, I don't again. I don't think they're as bad sure. as Twilight by a long shot. I yeah. read fan fiction about the lightsaber duel in the Phantom Menace, so I'm not going to completely trash on it. But. <laughs> yeah, um, but I think I think somewhere along the line to to make your point about how you don't understand why you kind of let the prequel trilogy color how you feel about not just the thing as a whole, which I think it is kind of warranted, but you also let it color the original trilogy, which I think is unfair to the original trilogy because like tiny said, most of us care mostly about those. But that in, okay. I understand that. And I, I totally, I respect your guys' opinion. I'm not tra- I'm not trashing your guys' opinion. This is my personal viewpoint about Star Wars and I would like I said I would I would freaking love to be a huge fan of this franchise. Uh-huh. But it seems like it seems like a selective a, a kind of a select not kind of a selective fandom like okay, yes, these these first two movies are just they they've they've changed my life. And then he went and just destroyed them, and he continued to destroy them with with the special editions and the alterations that he made to it. Like you can't get, like there's no way that you, a fan can get that original theatrical release of Star Wars from 1977 in an era where we have Blu-ray and mm-hmm. we have high definition. Like there's that doesn't exist because George Lucas is frankly an insane person who. It just I I can't understand how fans can reconcile that with that and right. But don't well, you love and watch Halloween every year, even though Rob Zombie? Yeah, and plus to, to your point, people kind of hate George Lucas now. They, yeah, they, so, they, there's a they, movie based. I would right. I would hope so because they, they hate the man and not his art. Sure, that's kind of the way. Sure. So that's but, where, that's where all the angst and the anger was. It was all forced onto George Lucas as opposed to the. Uh, 
magic of Star Wars. The, sure, but yeah. and this is a this is a lesser example, and this is maybe a cheap shot. But first of all, Halloween. Yes, I love the first Halloween. The the franchise as a whole is just you know hit and miss with much more misses than hits. Yeah, but it's not. It's not. There's not a central figure except for um, uh, Mustafa Akkad, who was a producer on it. Like, like John Carpenter didn't didn't complete didn't didn't. Uh, uh, I get what you're saying. He's, he's, yeah. John Carpenter is not George Lucas. Yeah, and right. and like what I don't uh, this this comparison isn't going to be fair. But Mike, I remember when we <laughs> I remember when we talked about, and I love you to death. But I remember when we talked. <laughs> When we talked about the How I Met Your Mother series finale, uh, when you were so opposed to that finale, you said that it would it would ruin it would ruin your enjoyment of the of the series upon rewatching it. I remember you saying that you probably won't be able to rewatch it because the finale was so bad. So what's the difference in with that with George Lucas going and literally retconning things and and throwing in offensive stereotypes and and just doing absolutely horrid things to the mythology in the in these prequel movies like how can you reconcile your fandom of the original trilogy with his what i can only assume is george lucas's vendetta against the fans mm-hmm. that i mean i think that's a good question um but i would clarify that i don't think anything in the prequel trilogy aside from the quality of it does anything to ruin the story of the first three i mean i know people shout out metachlorians and and all that but um and and i i think they are kind of silly and i think it takes away a little bit from it but um i i also think i'm also a man of science who kind of appreciates that and i also think it's just a word they use to describe something that everybody can kind of have and i mean i know i don't mean to defend metachlorians but i I don't think that um, the prequel trilogy is as retconning as as I think people think it is. Um, so I'll give you another example. Mm-hmm. I hate How I Met Your Mother, and I and I still stand by that <laughs> because I hate wow. how the finale said it, it didn't just go back and change what we saw. It said what we saw was which we thought was one thing was not. Mm-hmm. So a better example of uh, a finale that was bad that doesn't change my opinion or anything of the show is Seinfeld. Like nobody likes the finale of Seinfeld, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. ruin the show. Um, And so, like I said, I, you know, I would argue that the quality of the prequels clearly dips, but I don't, I mean, I don't know that the fact that um, certain things aren't there affect my watching of the original trilogy. Plus, plus, uh, just, just to throw this out there, meeting the mother was the focal point of the entire series. So it's like that's what every single thing was leading up to. The prequels were the the story of Anakin, though. But there like, was there was no single right. one focal point that the entire franchise was building to in Star Wars. Right. Sure, sure. Whereas, yeah, sure, yeah, and and <laughs> you can and you can effectively throw out the prequels and just watch the original. If you want to know the entire story of Ted, you got to watch the whole show, including the bogus finale. Sure. Yeah. And and Mike, your point about Seinfeld <laughs> just hit me and right the right the right spot because I watched the finale like a month ago and yeah, I I still rewatched the series um episode by episode, but it didn't affect my feelings on the series as a whole. So so yeah, but I see your point there. 
Um, uh, what else? Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to. I'm. I'm just trying to let you guys know. And by the way, all hate mail can be directed at Matt at obsessiveviewer.com <laughs> at obsessiveviewer on Twitter. Um, so the original trilogy, I have more notes, and we'll get, we'll get more into it as we go on because we'll go we'll go movie by movie. Yeah, by let's episode. talk about the movies. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. My okay. This is my final my final thought about the uh, in my really haphazard thesis statement on my feelings about the about the Star Wars as a whole is that I've I've mentioned here and I and I haven't seen I haven't seen Star Trek and Star Trek and Star Wars are not comparable at all. No. But Star Trek for me is a better a better space franchise than Star Wars was and I felt like that why, getting into Star Trek, the original series. I mean, you just did exactly what you no, said. No, 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 no. You told people not to do. No, no, no. I'm just saying, in terms of uh, in terms of classic space space movies and space. I'm not, I'm trying to say that it's not that Star Wars isn't. For, well, I don't know. But you're uh, comparing them. I mean, we we'll say okay, that, say that. But then Star Wars is a better movie franchise, or. You know, Star Wars blasters are better, which is just comparing them. You're just comparing them. What, okay. what does Star Trek have to do with okay. it? Okay, okay. Then I'll, I'll retract that. But I'll say that the overarching theme, and, and you guys can totally uh, tell me if I'm right about this, but the overarching theme of the original trilogy is just this dichotomy between good and evil. It's a, it's a classic story, the hero's, the hero's journey, and it's, and it's a story about good and evil and good triumphing, triumphing over he, evil and the bond between this ragtag group of rebels, which is one of the, one of the things that draws me into it and gets me close to actually enjoying it. But I feel like that's, that's it. For, for me, I kind of wish that there was something a little deeper than that and maybe a little more philosophical. And, and there's, there's, a spirit, there's a spiritual angle to it, but it's something that just doesn't – has never really spoke to me as, as, a, as a viewer of it. And maybe that's my disconnect with it. And we can, we can talk more at length about this, this angle of it as we go into our discussion of the movies. But I just wanted to let you guys know from, from a personal perspective, I, I get the point. But it's just, it's not, so it's not like I'm just like, oh, hey, yeah, cool, lightsabers are cool. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to get a grasp on it, but it's just not, it's just not sticking to me. But lightsabers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say, I mean, Mike was joking, but I would say, but the force. I think that's where a lot of the depth comes from is it's, it's this, this intangible force that like literally runs everything and it's, you know, people people have connections to each other that they can't even explain because of the force, and <laughs> it's it it just touches all living things, and it it permeates any kind of prejudice or uh, wrongdoing or any kind of intentions. It's just about it's just this thing that's there, and it's it's clear cut, and it's there, there's right and there's wrong. There's a light and the dark side of the force, and it's just I think so much depth comes from that. There's there are some moments throughout the franchise where i think it demonstrates how powerful that is and it's interesting to think about that and how how you would be affected by it i think i think that's where a lot of the depth comes from and and the deep connection that people have to to star wars that's that's what i would say in response to that Mm -hmm. it's part of it how about you Oh, uh, are we I, still I, friends? <laughs> oh, no, yeah, of course we are. Of course we are. 
I'm not sure. I'll answer later. Because I have more notes here. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I would just say, like I joked, you know, lightsabers and um, the Force and and all that stuff is really cool. But also, it's it it is the expanded universe, and I know. I know that that stuff doesn't count. Are you guys still there? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It got really quiet. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> I, and I know if we're talking about the movies, that stuff doesn't count. And I know the prequel trilogy is bad, but man, the toys are so rad and the books are so good and the video games are so great. And, and they're, I mean, if, if it's this, um, merchandise machine, I'm in. It got me. Yeah. And so that's a that's enough for me. And I wouldn't even maybe say Maybe it is. Maybe I'll maybe I'll admit <laughs> my love for Star Wars is is was found in the merchandise machine. And I and I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say that. Like I I wouldn't even I I won't even meet you there cuz I I'm, I'm not that sounds harsh. I I mean I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say that cuz that sounds very uh dismissive of of your fandom and everything cuz I fully believe that the reason why Star Wars is such a huge a huge thing part of the reason why is that and it's it's one of the reasons why it inspired an entire generation of filmmakers and one of the reasons why I'm so excited for The Force Awakens is that JJ Abrams is is one of you guys he's mm-hmm. he's yeah. grown up with Star Wars it's influenced his, his entire career but what I feel of what I feel like is that George Lucas in terms of like when you, when you think about the expanded universe and all the video games and all this other content that's that's separate from the movies it feels like George Lucas just it just uh uh created a universe created a lore created mythology created everything for everyone else to kind of fill in and that sounds i i don't know if that sounds harsh i don't know if that sounds Dis- dismissive of it or dis uh disingenuous i don't i don't know but it it just seems like there's there's enough in the original trilogy but then when you think about the expanded universe it feels like it's more people filling things in and and it's more in the conversation of of what's the the conversations about star wars aren't necessarily from from my perspective they aren't about the deeper meanings of of things going on in the movies it's about the what's going on in the universe that we don't see and that's something that I can't really I can't really reconcile as a, as a, as a fan of movies basically um does that make sense or am I coming across as an ass <laughs> it no does. i think it totally makes sense and i think it completely clarifies um what's going on here and i and i think that you know if we we of course we're going to talk about these movies and when we continue to talk about these movies I think Tiny and I are are subjective enough and or objective enough, excuse right, me, right. Uh, and and smart enough to critique the parts of the movies that we don't like. But um, I guess one of the drawbacks or one of the shortcomings of talking about this on a podcast is, for me, it is more than the movies, mm-hmm. and that's the difference between the two of us. It's, is is you. You want to come on here and talk about the movies, and obviously that's why I'm here. Obviously we're talking about the movies, and, and I can right. talk about the movies all day. But um, the reason you can't get in is because um, the movies should be enough for you. And, and in almost every other case, the movie is enough for me. But mm-hmm. um, Star Wars – my love for Star Wars is something else. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I, yeah, Because I, oh, totally. I feel like we kind of have figured this out. I, I think that I think that we've reached 
we've reached a level where you guys probably aren't going to kill me. So, well, yeah, of course yeah. not. Um, yeah, Tiny, what do you what do you think about all this? I, I can understand what you're saying as far as um, the incompleteness of it. I, I think one thing that that makes the original Star Wars a New Hope, what makes it so so, I think what people attach to it so much is. There was so much potential there mm-hmm. for all this stuff, but it has this pretty basic story where basically this kid from this planet that's like the Wild West mm-hmm. hooks up with a smuggler, and there's this old wise sage, and they accidentally get pulled into the biggest conflict in the universe on this star, on this uh, this Death Star, and they hop around this Death Star for a little bit and narrowly escape and then in the end this kid is just thrust thrust into this uh this huge battle and kind of wins the day i mean it's just it's a very simple story and it's just so you don't explore every facet of the universe and 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 what all is entailed in that but there's so much potential there and you know there's going to be more and so it's like i understand why that first one has that just all that feeling to it and then once it is explored in the two sequels, you know, I'm, I'm speaking in terms of only having the first three movies. Mm-hmm. Um, the two sequels, I don't think explore it as fully as we all kind of want it to. Right. I, I can admit those flaws. There's, there's absolutely flaws in the, the two sequels in that respect. Um, I, so I don't think it's explored as fully as it could be or as it may, maybe should have been. Uh, so I can understand where you're coming from there and, and, and why that would kind of taint the rest of it for you. Um, Tiny, so. I, I disagree. I, I oh, think really? you're, <laughs> well, I think you're trying to find Matt's perspective, but I, I think if you search your feelings, you know it to be true that <laughs> you love what you get to see. I love the rest of the, the two sequels. Yeah. Seeing Bespin is super cool. Knowing that there's guys out there like Lando is super awesome. We get to see, um, you know, Dagobah, which is amazing. We get to see Asteroid Fields, which is amazing. Hoff is one of the coolest places in movies ever. <laughs> um, not only do we go back to Tatooine, but we see a different part of Tatooine. We see Jabba's palace. And, yeah. um, I think, I think we get a lot of expansion in the sequels. That's okay. One, one thing that I, that I'm not crazy about with this whole franchise is I don't think the conflict is established very well. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'll say that is because it's it's kind of classic in the sense that the, it takes the approach that there is good and there is evil, and these people are evil and these people are good, but they don't really. I mean, obviously Darth Vader and the Emperor are just awful, you know. But mm-hmm. like when we come into this franchise, the conflict's already established. There's already the rebellion and the Empire, mm-hmm. but we don't really get to see what what Darth Vader did. And what the emperor did, other than well, other and we never see that, and that's a yeah. that's a knock on uh, episode three. <laughs> other than dismantling democracy, uh, mm-hmm. very not very handily. <laughs> um, uh, dismantling democ- democracy is the worst thing they did. Now, obviously, well, they blew up a planet. Yes, but that's before the conflict. That's during the conflict. Mm-hmm. That's part of the war. You know what I mean? So obviously, there's a whole genocide. <laughs> that's really that's as bad as it gets. But I'm saying that's that's after we have this whole dichotomy set up and i just there there could be more establishment of the conflict in in this franchise that's kind of one of the things that i was thinking about the other day was that i mean i would love like uh, we'll get into the prequels pre uh, to the prequels in in a bit but 
one thing that I would what, that I would not mind seeing at all is um, is a Darth Vader um, uh, uh, st- uh, anthology movie from from one of the standalone movies that is mm-hmm. that depicts Darth Vader and the Emperor starting the Empire like in between episodes three and four. Like I think that that would be. I mean, I think that would do a lot for my perspective of of the franchise and everything. But yeah. I mean, I've read those books. I've read those comics. Mm-hmm. That's additional stuff. The the most recent. Oh yeah, did they have the recent? Are you talking about? Or are you talking about expanded universe? I'm talking about old expanded universe. Okay. BD before Disney, mm-hmm. uh, and also I'm current with the new stuff, and they okay. and they and they explore that stuff. I'll have to check that out because yeah. I. And I, I just want to reinforce. I, I'm, I am really, really excited for the Force Awakens. The reason that I'm excited for it is that uh, I almost called him Jar Jar, is because George <laughs> Lucas has nothing to do with him. Yeah. To do with it, and I think that this is a chance for me to get some, some, some childlike excitement out of this, out of this <laughs> saga. Rather than being the guy who is kind of a douche about it, mm-hmm. and that makes so many just hilarious, hilarious posts and and messages to you guys about how excited I am about, uh, you know, sisters coming out, or how I'm excited about uh, the guy who everyone blamed for Lost, um, ruining for ruining lost is taking over star wars and and you know it's just, i like making those jokes but i'm i'm genuinely excited to see what's to come but you, we can talk about the the movies actually <laughs> <laughs> do people blame abrams for lost uh well it's kind of not they don't blame him it's all the fault goes on to uh to lindelof and Hughes. Uh, but uh i know that there was a lot of like when there's a there was a stigma against J.J. Abrams' name because his name was attached to Lost and he helped develop the pilot and it's like he's 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 built his career upon mystery and and stuff like that and it's like it, yeah and th- and that's another and that that can kind of dovetail into some of the issues I have with the original trilogy and I won't be harsh about it here but there is a, from my perspective and you guys have more knowledge of of George Lucas and of his, of his frame of reference and all that but it just seems like it just seems like okay there's a very great self-contained movie in Star Wars then with the Empire strikes back it's I, I don't believe that he had planned to have Vader be Luke's father um, people talk about how Vader is, I think, Dutch for father, and I think that that's giving George Lucas way too much credit because I don't think he is that subtle. <laughs> um, and then in the third movie, it's revealed that Luke and Leia are our brother and sister, and that kind of seems also like that seems a little. It seems like they're each movie, each sequel retcons something big for sake of developing a developing story and, and, and characterization and, and, and relationships and stuff, and it just seems like it doesn't fit together that well. Like, there's one scene... Well, just just to go state ahead. my case, if I could really Oh, yeah, quick. go right ahead. I, I'm with you on the Leia thing. I think mm-hmm. that's pretty clear, and it's also I think it's pretty um, universally agreed that mm-hmm. whatever he tells us about them being brother and sister and that he knew is not true. That I mean, that's totally added on. Right. But um, the fact that 
uh, Vader is Luke's father. I I do believe that that was planned. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you know you say he's not that subtle. Vader being Luke's father is not subtle. No, <laughs> right. So I'm, it's a very Lucasian <laughs> thing to do. Yeah, and I'm I'm just saying strictly from the for the from the argument that Vader means father in, oh, in I another see, language. I like like I don't think that he thought that when he when he was writing Star Wars. And I mean it's perfectly it's perfectly reasonable to think that he has it all mapped out and everything like that. But I just feel like there's there's one line there's one line in the entirety of the first movie where um Baru is talking to Owen and Baru says that um uh I think that he's he's uh what is it? He's gonna be like his father or something like that. He has too much of his father he has in him. Too much of his father in him and then Owen's like, That's what I'm afraid of and like you can easily say like, oh that's you know, he's he knows. Like that's mm-hmm. that's a clear thing. But in my head it's like that's not the case because because the only context for what his father was was that he was a he was a he was um an ace pilot who who fo- who followed Obi Wan onto some crazy adventure and and ended up getting killed by Vader like that's the only context we have for it. and in, in that line of dialogue fits very well with that what's what was established in that movie and I just don't feel like there's anything that would lead. Like one of the reasons why I feel like, well, one of the re- reasons I assume that it was one of the, it is the biggest twist ending in movie history, <laughs> is because of because there was no real pretense for it. I don't know about that. Okay, yeah. Because I, I think I, I'm not. Maybe I'm misinterpreting what you're saying, but I think mm-hmm. uh, I think that the the line between Baru and. Uh, Owen. Uncle Owen, thank you. Um, is I think it's warranted because in in the f- context of the full franchise, we know that you know they they met you know uh, Owen and Anakin met hmm. when Anakin was searching for his mother when he came back to Tatooine in the second movie um, in uh, Attack of the Clones. It's kind of hard to keep all this straight with right. the vernacular, but um, we know that they met. We know that. Owen knows he went and just slaughtered a bunch of mm-hmm. a bunch of Tuscan Raiders to get his mother back and stuff like that. And also, we know that um, Obi Wan lived on Tatooine after Luke and Leia were born to help watch over Luke. Mm-hmm. And so, I, th- I think it's fair to assume there was some contact between Owen and and Obi Wan throughout Luke's life before he knew who he was and who that his father was Vader. I think you know they stayed in contact to a certain extent. Um, so I, I don't, I don't think that was necessarily an unwarranted line and I think it kind of fits. I, I don't know. I would say it retroactively fits, but Mike, what do you, what do you think? Oh, I, I think this is a little too speculative, speculative. Yeah, um, sure. I, I mean, there's, there's no way to know if he really intended Luke to be father or I, I don't know. And the line doesn't bother me. Okay, yeah, it, yeah, doesn't, it doesn't bother me either. It's just I'm saying that in 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 expectation of people saying that, oh, well, he knew that it, he knew that Vader was going to be Luke's father from because he put that line in the movie, and I'm I just I don't buy that because in the context of the movie, it still fits. In the context of the the story of of Luke's father in the first Star Wars, it that line fits because oh sure, but that you know that's not that's also not um lucas's reasoning like that's not his explanation he doesn't say well what about that conversation with okay well uh, yeah uncle owen and aunt peru i i think sure. that's just more that's just fan speculation sure yeah and and yeah this is all speculative and 
we're probably losing listeners <laughs> at the second. <laughs> but yeah, so so anyway, so so let's talk about the movies because we, you know, I've alienated enough people on this episode. <laughs> so yeah, why don't we? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm not sure where we want to go from here. I don't know. Uh, Star Wars. 1977 um yeah uh it was released in 1977 what do you guys think of it i've talked about it in my rants that it is the probably my favorite of the of the franchise and i i would hope that the force awakens may shake it or 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 a future disney movie might make me more that's an interesting that's an interesting uh perspective or an interesting Mm -hmm. question to ask do we hope Force Awakens is better than Star Wars? Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't no. know what I want. Mm. That's yeah. a good question. Yeah, and I mean, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. I'm. I hope that it's better, but I hope that it awakens more enjoyment out of. Like, I don't want to be a stick in the mud because, oh, oh, uh, uh, Kylo uh, Ren said a line will. of dialogue. Oh, I'm sure that I'm going to love it. I'm, I, I honestly believe I'm going to love it, and that's one of my underlying things that I was, I was going to say for later in the, later in the discussion. But one of the, one of the reasons why I'm being so, so, I don't know what word I'm afraid of. What word you guys would use to describe my discussion <laughs> of Star Wars in this episode? But the reason why is that I have a serious fear that if the force awakens isn't isn't good or isn't that great i feel like there's going to be this cloud over it of or or this uh this perspective on it from the die hard fans not saying you guys but just saying that the that with the internet and everything like if it's not if it's not that great i feel like people aren't going to be able to separate their fandom from their objectivity of it true and i feel like it's going to be but didn't they i mean didn't we do that with the prequels like how well um, what do you mean i i think they have uh, i have stats here but i mean it's what about how much money the movies make well yeah that I mean, and, Iron Man 3 was the biggest movie that Jurassic Park is the third biggest movie of all time. Like people go see bad movies. Yeah. I mean, I guess so. Yeah. Avatar as well. Right. Obviously. But I I don't know. I just, in there, well, there was a bunch of a kind of a diminishing uh, gross box office gross for, for the prequels. But I just feel like they're not going to, there's going to be so much excitement. Oh, and maybe this is an unfound, completely unfounded, um, fear on my end, but I feel like there's going to be, there's going to be so much excitement and fervor over over the fact that it's a new Star Wars movie, and it looks like it's going to be a freaking amazing Star Wars movie. That if there's if there's any, I don't know, I don't know. I feel like there's going I, to. I be, think you're trying to say that people are people are going to push away their doubt. It's the fact. Yeah. I think. I think you're ta- you're saying that you know we were burned by the prequels, and so now that there's something coming out and it has everything working in its favor, everyone wants to love it so much that even if they don't, they're going to anyways because they mm-hmm. kind of have to as diehard fans. Yeah. Because that would just if they actually admitted how much they didn't like it. If they do, this is just so speculative. It's kind of hard to. It, it is. Say, it, but, yeah. I don't. I don't. I think. I think this is pretty off base. I know. I know it what is, you're. I know what is. you're saying. Yeah, but I'm, I just. There are better ways to say it. But I. I don't know. I, that's just one of my. One of my fears is that any any type of objectivity applied to, um, or any type of criticism levied against a movie that people are revering so much is going to be met with, met with, uh, 
um, an adversarial tone or, or, or something like that. Like it's going to be dismissed as like, well, he's just not a Star Wars fan. Um, or something like that. Does, does that? Am, I'm I'm bi- basically. Oh no! Building... It makes one hundred percent sense. I just don't agree with you. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So anyway, let's talk about the damn movies. <laughs> yeah. For of course. God's sake. Okay. So, <laughs> um, Star Wars made domestic lifetime gross, uh, four hundred and six sixty million dollars. A bajillion. A bajillion. That's a worldwide gross. That that's the domestic lifetime gross. Worldwide gross of seven seven hundred and seventy five million. Um, adjust. I think adjusted for inflation. I think that's uh, over a billion. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, it's yeah. In its original run, it made three hundred and seven million, and then in the there was a reissue in nineteen eighty two. Mike, do you know anything about this? Is it just a yeah, it was just the just, same movie. That's when they added the uh, episode four to it. Well, no, yeah, they added the episode four shortly after. They added okay. a new hope in the eighty-two re-release. Oh, okay. So is it just like a re-release, like a like oh, it's coming back to theaters kind of thing? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Picked up another fifteen million there. Then in the special edition in nineteen ninety-seven, it made one hundred and thirty-eight million. Holy crap! That's um, a lot for nineteen ninety-seven. Yeah. yeah. Um. It's so deal. yeah. So what do you guys think? I've talked about it. A, a perfectly paced movie, blah, blah, blah. What, how do you guys feel about Star Wars Episode Four: or New Hope? Oh, man. I, you know, I feel like I've already done this. It's, it, yeah. it's <laughs> just great. I mean, it's so good. It's um, The one thing I haven't said in this podcast, which I feel like we, we should say, is, is it changed movies. I mean, George Lucas invented things to use to film this movie that he then sold for additional bajillions of dollars <laughs> that other films just had to use forever. I mean, nobody had ever seen a movie like Star Wars when Star Wars came out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say, I think I kind of, I said earlier, you know, it's. It, I, th- I think the simplicity of it really works in its strengths. Um, there's kind of just this ragtag group of people who stumble into the biggest conflict in the universe, and it goes from there. And this random kid from, it's like pulling some kid out of Tucson, Arizona, and he he assassinates Hitler and destroys. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's like that's what it is. It's just like it's just a really cool, impressive story that starts with such a simple premise and it takes off and it's. I, that's I think that's what I love about it. Um, but just I, I think it's fun to look back on this first movie, knowing the entire genesis of Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, just because it's I think it's interesting to see what he does in this movie because I, I I don't know if I would go so far as to say that he's kind of a shell of his former self, but I kind of feel like his his job he feels like his job is done. And I think that I mean that's kind of he kind of just gives up in the in the the battle with Vader and just basically passes on into the next realm or whatever. Um, I think he just he's kind of felt like he passes he's passed the torch and this that's all again all speculation on my part. But just I, I watched all six movies in the past month or so, um, and that's kind of what I that's something new sort of that I kind of picked up on watching Star Wars: A New Hope uh, for the 58th millionth time uh, when I watched it this year as a 28 year old man, that's kind of what I focused on. And I kind of enjoyed that new perspective that I brought to it. Cause also I watched it. Um, uh, my girlfriend had never seen any of them. So she, I, I was like, I'll let you decide how we watch it. Mm-hmm. She wanted to watch it in chronological order of the story. So we started with episode one 
And so I got to see all that before coming to episode four. Um, and so that's that's just the perspective that I kind of brought to watching A New Hope this time. And how was that was on you watching Star Wars? Like, how did that? How did the prequels color your enjoyment of the of Star Wars? I mean, I know that's that's yeah. that's a loaded question because you yeah. know you know the original trilogy so well. But it, did mm-hmm. you experience anything different while watching it? Uh, not really, because I mean, with the prequels, I just I'm just kind of I just what I enjoy about the prequels is the relationship of Obi-Wan and Anakin just, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty questionable dialogue throughout it and questionable acting during that, that relationship. Um, but I think the essence is there and I kind of, I mean, I, I tear up like a bitch every time in in the final scenes of episode three, Mm -hmm. when he just cuts Anakin down, it just gets me every time. And, Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's that's kind of how. That's what I. That's just what I focus on with the prequels, and just kind of let the just laugh at the stupid crap sure. that's in there, and just try to have as much fun with them as I can, because um, they are pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so it didn't. As long as I just focus on that stuff, um, because it carries so well into the orig- or into the uh, the original trilogy, um, it doesn't really affect negatively affect how I feel about the original trilogy. Um, the, 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 the prequels didn't taint it that much for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Where were we at in that conversation? Mike, did you have anything to say about that? Um, well, I, I don't, I can't come from the same perspective he came right. from cause I yeah. haven't, I haven't watched them. Um, probably since Star Wars Day back in May, to be honest. Okay. Um, sure. not that's not to say I know that sounds like a cop out. Oh, I haven't watched the movie, but uh, <laughs> you know, if we're talking about how do the prequels color mm-hmm. the, uh, I think the obvious thing is that the the um the reveal that Luke is is uh, Vader's son is kind of the big one that's spoiled. Uh, but also for me, even the first time I saw it, I knew that was the case right so i have no idea what that surprise is like right and true and to tiny's point about luke luke being the you know kind of every every man kid kind of character like that's that i believe is the appeal of the franchise itself is that like people who saw this movie as kids like they saw themselves in luke and like oh luke is just this you know this poor little farmer farmer kid who wants to who wants more out of his life and he just he just happens to get more out of his life uh sucks to be his aunt and uncle but <laughs> he gets to go on adventures he gets to kiss a cute girl who uh you know just judging from that movie alone <laughs> um and he gets to be the hero and that's that's amazing and that's that's so thrilling and that's why there's he gets a cool lightsaber and i i get that and everything it's just I just, I, yeah, I, I wish I could have seen it at a younger age. Um, yeah. Of course, we find out later that he You didn't not. want to be Han Solo? Sure. I mean, he was, he's cool. Um, kind of, uh, I was going to make a joke, but I feel like, I feel like I'm not in the right, <laughs> I'm not in the right, uh. You don't have the audience for it. I don't, but I was going to say, like, you know, it would be a lot, you know, I would want to be him if he would have shot first, but, you know, that's. <laughs> Neither oh here my nor God. there. Okay. Um. I think this is our opportunity to talk about the thing we were talking about before the show. Would you like to? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> Matt and I both have a problem. Well, I'll let you say it because I, I think I think you're you're even more heated about it. Actually, 
I think it would be easier, better received if I said it first. <laughs> okay. Right? Sure. Go ahead. <laughs> so we both have this issue with um, all this incessant non-news every every single hour yes. of the day leading up to the release of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. The reason I'll, I'll let Matt give his examples and his qualms, but the reason I bring this up is um, – is the Han shot first bullshit? <laughs> it's bullshit. Yes, I hate it. I just the you know everything you see is this debate, and you can buy T-shirts that say Han shot first, or you know I'm okay with Greedo shirting first, and we all know that blah blah blah. Like there's some kind of debate. I don't understand what the debate is. There is no debate. Yeah. Back in 1977, Han shot first. Mm-hmm. People liked that. Later on, George Lucas clearly changed it. People didn't like it. You either like it or you don't that there's a change. <laughs> there's no debate whether or not it changed. I don't understand the debate that people have about this Han shot first bullshit. And it's like once a week I'll see somebody make a make a, you know, more evidence that Han did actually shoot first. And I'm like, who the f- are you talking to <laughs> i remember i had students who um you know knew that i liked star wars and we would talk about star wars a little bit and you know sometimes at the end of the day when we have a discussion he'd go but you know the only thing that matters is han shot first and i'd be like yep that's true of course he shot first except for later when greedo shot first mm-hmm. and that's stupid but who the f- cares <laughs> i'm with you i love that so much but uh, i feel like part of the um, at least there uh, i agree there's absolutely no debate it's not it's not something to be debated it's not something to be uh taking sides on team credos team han anything like that right. uh to make another to make another twilight uh, twilight reference but um but i think the the underlying issue is that the, maybe maybe the outcry over Han shooting first is the outcry at George Lucas for for tampering yes. with everyone's childhoods in the way that yes. he did. And I I totally get why people are pissed that that Greedo shot at him before he killed Greedo because it it changes just ever so slightly the character of Han Solo that was established in the original format where he just shot indiscriminately he, like he was like he was. He knew that he was cornered and all that stuff, but he killed him without without hesitation or anything like that. And to have him shoot at him first is just to kind of soften him just a little bit. And it, I mean, it's in the grand scheme of things, we still get Han Solo. We still get the Han Solo that we know and love. Um, but it's just it's such it's such an indicator of how out of touch George Lucas is with his own creation that he can he can find ways to justify changing something so fundamental about a character that he created that he that he that for something that he oversaw one of the most um celebrated characters in all of cinema and and he just doesn't like he still stands by it I I guess I I think that it's more it's more a reconciliation of George Lucas being insane <laughs> than any actual debate over whether or not he he did or didn't shoot first or anything like True. that. Right. I think it's I, a way I to... I agree fully. On that. Yeah. And yeah, the... the but... The, go ahead. <laughs> t- 
to our point, the problem is this news. Yes, God. So talk about the news that you hate so much. It's and that's that goes back to my fear over um uh over over how how the Force Awakens is going to be is going to be received cuz I like I okay, us here on the podcast as obsessive viewers, the entire the entire idea of the obsessive viewer is that we're giving our thoughts about movies about tv shows we're reviewing them and i like to have good discussions over over things that we watch and my fear is that and, and like i consume a lot of media i i listen to a lot of different podcasts a lot of different discussion podcasts about movies and tv and i just feel like it, i feel like i'm going to be here in a couple of weeks, when the episodes start flooding in about about the Force Awakens, I just feel like it's just going to be like, oh, okay. Well, I loved this when 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 the lightsaber did this, and when when Finn did that, and when oh, when Kylo Ren said this, and I'm 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 afraid that I'm going to have thoughts about it saying saying that okay, well, you know, this doesn't really mesh that well. This didn't really make sense. This this the the storytelling. Like I have feeling. I have a feeling that. If I have criticisms, they're going to just be drowned out in a wave of of just love for for a movie, and I feel like my voice isn't going to be heard. And it's I, I don't know. So anyway, but anyway, the news. Well, a, 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 I feel like I want to talk speak oh, to ahead. that before before we sure. go on. Um, you obviously we were we were all young. I mean, we're all the same age, and so we were young when episode one came out so too young to really care all that much and you because you weren't even in it didn't notice at all but the backlash to episode one was immediate yeah was immediate and it was they were just as speculative now uh, maybe even more so than they were back then it's just that it's everywhere like before we had you know when phantom menace came out we just had to guess you know what i mean like maybe qui-gon is going to be luke's or uh, anakin's father Mm. or um you know jar jar was going to be some great sith lord or there was all kinds (laughs) of that stuff beforehand Mm -hmm. and and pretty immediately the reputable sources and by reputable i mean sources like ew so Mm -hmm. take that for whatever it means sure (laughs) um they were pretty quick to to call the movie not good Mm -hmm. so that's that's one thing the second thing is even if it's not um i would i would ask you and you are under no obligation but i would Mm -hmm. ask you to to give it a few months oh yeah i let it die out let it die down Mm -hmm. um let people take it in and you know the same way uh, Jurassic Park. I'll, I'll use that movie right. again. The same way now when we talk about Jurassic Park or Jurassic World, mm-hmm. we're all like, uh, yeah, no, it wasn't really that good. Yeah, it, sure. Yeah, I, I, I mean, think you just got to give it a give it a minute, a. Mm-hmm. But also, I think if it's bad, I, I think the critics will know. I I hope so. And and this is, I mean, and granted, this isn't even good radio, so we can we can stop. I can stop bringing bringing that aspect of it up. That like it's all speculative. It's all it's all we're gonna know in a week. Uh, either way, oh my God, we're gonna know in a week. We're gonna That's know so. in a week. <laughs> um. So anyway, but anyway, to to the point about the news though is that I hate. I it it makes me hate the internet. It honestly makes me hate the internet because there are sites. There are there like there's. Just this onslaught of of the Force Awakens news, and it's reached a point where I saw I I see things I don't want to see. Um, like I saw um, I won't say what it is because this is a spoiler. It's a f- spoiler. Um, 
and this same thing happened with Jurassic World too. Is that there are there are tweets and, and there are news items and there are announcements that oh so and so character is going to be in episode eight. It's like all right, so that's cool. I don't need to worry about this person dying in the in this yeah. movie. Yeah, and totally. and I, it just pisses me off so much. And then there are just non news segments about it. There's YouTube videos of all six and a half minutes of the trailers from The Force Awakens cut in chronological order, despite the fact that no one's seen the movie yet and therefore cannot possibly know what is chronological order. It's all <laughs> guessing. It's all speculation. And it's all just really infuriating to me that. And, and that's what gives me pause about about what kind of reaction it's going to have um, when it when it's released because people that I I I genuinely uh, respect their opinion in podcasts and uh, blogs and, and reviewers and everything I feel like they're not going to be able to have an objective eye about this and it's going to just make for just annoy annoyance on my level on my part. Um, I mean, like J.J. Abrams was on Jimmy Kimmel a couple weeks ago. I may have even mentioned this on a podcast, or maybe it's in, maybe it was in a, a, a stinger in one of the episodes. But um, he was on Jimmy Kimmel, and Jimmy Kimmel, for a comedic bit, was like, "Hey, what's the first spoken word in The Force Awakens?" And then J.J. Abrams, by the way, guys, spoiler alert: J.J. Uh, <laughs> Abrams responded and playfully responded that the first word of spoken in The Force Awakens is this. And then they, they had, like, on the screen, they had, this is the first word. Oh, my God, it's amazing. And then the next day, there were reputable reputable news sites that ran it as news. Like, like I think Deadline.com reported it saying, J.J. Abrams reveals what the first spoken word in The Force Awakens is. And I'm like, why? Why? Just, yeah, I don't... Yeah, that's pretty stupid. It's, 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 it's beyond stupid. It's, it's so... It makes me less excited for something that I am genuinely very excited for. Um, and it just makes me just so aggravated that it's that it's just commonplace all over the Internet, that it's OK for us to be part of this culture that is just completely OK with just um, uh, with dissecting every little piece of information about something that to to JJ Abrams and to uh Disney and to Lucasfilms to their credit have done an incredible job keeping secret about everything like I don't know what the plot is judging from the trailers I don't know I know I know who the main characters are but I don't know anything about the plot and I applaud them for that but I hate seeing people uh, and it's so far beyond just speculating about it. Like we can sit here and talk about, oh, BB-8 is going to do this, and I, I hope that Kylo Ren is is a good a good adversary for whoever the whoever the main character is going to be. We can say that, but it's to the point where they're just dissecting every little minute thing they can, and I can't imagine this level of I can't imagine that this level of of um attention paid to something that is going to be released in a week or or a month ago uh, in a month um i can't see that translating to an enjoyable theater experience if you have all of this stuff in your head about about what your expectations for this movie is um yeah well (laughs) i'm totally with you guys i think it's Mm -hmm. dumb it's not constructive. I, I don't think it's it's it equates to masturbation at the best 
but it's the best thing I can say about it. Uh, but the thing is, I just I don't read any of it. I don't expose myself to any of it because I just don't care. Mm-hmm. Like I see a dumbass headline like that, like oh, the secret is that uh, you know we've been we've been seeing uh, Luke Skywalker this whole time. He's behind the mask <laughs> of Kylo Ren. It's like Ugh. I'm just like I just kind of laugh at it because I just yeah. I just don't get pissed off about it because I just don't expose myself to it and I just don't care. Like it just doesn't. Right. I, yeah. I totally I agree with you guys 100. percent I just don't. I'm not as upset about it because I just I, I don't let it get to me. For so. for context for me, I sit at a desk all day doing nothing yeah. but loading Twitter, so it's in my face <laughs> consistently. I, I and I totally agree. Some of it you just can't avoid. Yeah, and that's incredibly frustrating. That does piss me off. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I just I, I'm just not quite as upset about it as you guys yeah. are. I, I don't know. Today I unfollowed the editor of one of my favorite websites and podcasts specifically because he he's he's. There's no like he is so obsessed with with Star Wars that it's it's makes it so his Twitter feed is un, unfollowable to me. Yeah, that would make me um, mad. I understand. Yeah, I completely and, yeah, understand that. Yeah, sure. yeah, ridiculous. Ugh. But it's gonna be so good, you guys. I know <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> you know, I was sitting in my car though. Oh, what, like two like two days ago or something like that, and I just sat there and I was like. You know, at this point, we thought Phantom Menace was going to be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. I don't know, but also it's, George it's, Lucas it's, was responsible for that. I, I don't. I mean, I. We are so all over the place. We here. really are. How do you we guys are, feel? Yeah, so much for reviewing the first. Yeah, but it's it's fine. Okay. What yeah. do you guys think of George Lucas, just in general? Like, how do you feel about the man himself? Um. Every every encounter I have ever had, and I've not met him in person, but everything I've ever seen with him uh, makes me like him a little bit less. Wow. He just seems frumpy. He just seems um, angry. I don't know. He seems like an angry person. I don't know. Not interesting to me. Not not. It, despite everything he has given me, the old version of uh, George Lucas is is not interesting to me. Yeah, and and I agree. I think um, I I guess this this is speculation, but I think he's a guy who had a really really knockout home run idea in in Star Wars, like just a perfect idea. But his ability to execute that idea is, I mean, it's it's demonstrably questionable at best. You know, he he he's just he was not the right man to bring his vision to fruition I, I think he's more of a more of a producer behind the scenes kind of guy and maybe even that's giving him too much credit but yeah. I, don't, I don't think anyone can clearly say the man is a good director um he's a passable writer sometimes I, maybe it's just that he's, he doesn't do dialogue well um uh but he, he he can he can churn out a story pretty well uh we we've complimented the the tightness of the original trilogy and stuff like that. But I, I don't think he's, he's just not a hands-on kind of artist, if you will. Um, and I can't really speak to his character as a person, except in the fact that he doesn't really, he, he cares 0% about fan service, um, right. which is just absolutely deplorable. I think he seems almost bitter. It, yeah. And, and bitter. And as of late from what the pieces that I've pieced together off the internet is that mm-hmm. he seems just more, I feel like maybe 
my perspective on him selling selling the franchise and selling selling it to Disney was that he just wants to be done with it. Yeah. Like he just doesn't yeah, want for that. Sure. Yeah, he doesn't want that stigma to stick to him anymore. And I and like I I I respect that because, you know, something that's so revered should be in the hands of people who care about it. Mm-hmm. But to 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 your point about the dialogue, I just I think that when George Lucas to me, it I don't like him. It's 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 core. He's coarse and and when he's in my hands, it's just um, he gets everywhere. He gets everywhere. <laughs> but, um, nice. But no, I, I don't think I, I think that. Okay, we've complimented Star Wars, but also Star Wars in terms of pacing and everything. That is, it is heavily influenced. And Mike, you know more about um, Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey than I do. Mm-hmm. But it follows it very closely, mm-hmm. and and then also, I mean, even even pieces of Star Wars are just banded to not banded together, but Star Wars is is an amalgamation of so many influences from him. Like there's mm-hmm. the hero's journey, there's uh, Kurosawa's work, uh, the Hidden Fortress. That's where he got the perspective of um, the two droids, lowly droid droid characters in the Hidden Fortress. If memory serves. It's 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 a story that's from the perspective of people that aren't involved in the actual plot. They're just kind of bystanders and and they're kind of lowly. I think it's I think it's one of his uh, movies that takes place in feudal Japan. But um, they're just they're just kind of like lowly lowly level people who are just witnessing this thing, and that the the narrative is told through their perspective. And he borrowed that for for. Uh, Star Wars and, and appropriated it to to service droids, and then even. And we celebrate that we celebrate the ingenuity of the filmmaking and the and the shots of space. And uh, one of the podcasts I listen to is uh, Sci-Fi on Screen. I've mentioned them before. Um, he he mentions that like the the visuals of like the of the um, the space visuals are are uh, clearly influenced by two thousand one, which is is more is a movie that's more to my sci-fi sensibilities than any than anything else really. And I kind of feel like that's. That's kind of if if Lucas wasn't I I don't think that Lucas is is capable of creating something all on his own because we get the prequels when he does that. But if he has influences and people that are kind of keeping keeping him in line, I think that he can create something beautiful like the first two movies of the original trilogy and and much of the final movie of the of the original trilogy. But and that's kind of where I am with him is that he's. I think with the prequels, um, the sci-fi movie podcast I, I listen to, it's called the sci-fi movie podcast. They make the point they did a, they did a best and worst director, sci-fi directors and Lucas's name came up and, and one of the hosts said that he believes that what happened with the prequels was that Lucas had full control and, and no one, he surrounded himself by yes men who were afraid to tell him like like question his judgment and everything and then that's why the prequels are such a mess and and he's yeah so yeah I, I'd agree with that I mean I don't think that's only I don't think that's only plausible I think that's probably what happened mm-hmm. I I'd yeah, agree oh, that's yeah. probably what happened yeah and all of this is just preaching to the choir because I'm sure that no one I'm I'm glad that no one like like uh just reveres I I'm glad that the fandom isn't well, that's that's unfair. I'm I'm glad that the fandom isn't like, oh, George Lucas is amazing and everything. I'm glad that there's a turn in it. Yeah. Because I, I don't see how I don't see how uh 
I don't know. There are probably some defenders out there, but almost everyone has defected and is, yeah. is against George Lucas. And yeah, it doesn't give him much credit for the quality of the of the franchise overall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, and that's one of the. Hey, reasons- is it possible? To, to just take a quick break to pee. I gotta pee oh, so bad. Yeah, Actually, me too, so. Yeah. I'll <laughs> right, be here. Let's just like two minutes. No problem. Okay. All right. I'll be right back. Alrighty. Uh, I did not expect this episode to get so derailed. I. Think- That's okay. I just. Yeah. I think it's just something else now, you know? I don't, yeah. I don't know. Which I'm kind of okay with. I, I don't know that we. Yeah, I mean, going through I each movie... I guess if movie, we were going to review, I might have been better off watching another one, because I don't... Mm-hmm. You know, I have I don't have review notes. I don't have anything like that. And that's that's the thing. I Like, I've, getting, I've gotten to the point where I'm super into doing... Like, re, like taking notes while I watch something for uh-huh. the purpose of reviewing. And it's like, when I was watching Star Wars, it was like, I just didn't feel like writing anything down. Like, I mean, I, I wrote some notes, but it's all, like, stuff that's... I mean, this this whole franchise has just been talked to death. Having said that, this is going to be fun to edit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening to The Obsessive Viewer, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find more of our episodes at ovpodcast.com, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast app. The Obsessive Viewer's theme song is An Eclipse of Events and is provided by Loudlike from their EP Mistakes We Must Make. You can find that and more great music from them on iTunes and like their Facebook page at facebook.com slash loudlikemusic. Any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. You can email the hosts individually at matt, tiny, or mike at obsessiveviewer.com or send an email to the podcast in general at podcast at obsessiveviewer.com. Check out the Obsessive Viewer blog at obsessiveviewer.com where we post movie and TV reviews and the occasional editorial about the business of entertainment. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer and follow us on Twitter at obsessive viewer at obsessive tiny and at I am Mike white. If you want more obsessive content in your life, check out our sister site, obsessivebooknerd.com for book reviews, author spotlights, and a general celebration of reading. Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the podcatcher of your choice. Again, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Be excellent to each other. Started.